Hey, it's Deborah Adams, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Hey, good afternoon. It's Deborah Adams with Everyday Christlike, and I want to talk to you today about the wounded soul. Let's open up in prayer. Father, I just praise you and thank you for who you are, for your example in our life as to how we should love and treat each other. I thank you, Father, that you are the healer of all wounds. And as we go through this lesson today, I ask you to anoint your word. Help us to understand the message that you are trying to convey and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I pray this in your precious son's name. Amen. So, you know, over the years, I've talked to quite a few women who we all kind of share the same problem sometimes, and that is holding on to or at least first developing and then holding on to really quality friendships with other women. I like to call them covenant friendships. You know, in the Bible, David, before he became king of Israel, he had one of these covenant friendships. It was actually with Jonathan, who was King Saul's son. Now, King Saul was the one that preceded David as king of Israel. And you can read all about this in 1 Samuel 18. But for the sake of time, I just want to point out that David and Jonathan became so close to each other that they actually exchanged gifts and made a covenant before God that they would always be there for each other, that they would always stand strong and protect each other, kind of have each other's back, so to speak, in today's language. And I just love that. You know, I have a friend that's like that. We met when our children were really small and God just knit us together. And now, 40 years later, and hundreds of miles apart, she and I can call each other, pick up a conversation that we hadn't had in three or four months, and it's as if we're been there and talked yesterday. It's just the most wonderful thing. And I know that she would always be there for me, that I can count on her for anything. And she knows that she can count on me for anything too. So, in the past, we've gone through a lot together, a lot of thick and thin situations, so to speak. But we also know that the future is strong and we're stronger together because we have each other. And that's what my prayer is for all of you, that you find a woman of God, if you're a woman or a guy, uh, find the same thing if you happen to be a man listening. But to just be able to find that person that is your covenant friend. And what I've been learning is that this is a very difficult thing, especially for us women, because many of us have been wounded in our soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And when we are developing relationships and when we are seeking friendships, we usually lead with emotion first. So when something happens and that part of our soul 
um, is rejected or that part of our soul maybe is even betrayed and it becomes wounded. As women, we have a tendency to pull back and we begin to allow the wound within our soul to fester. And some of the symptoms of that festering um, are things like sin. We actually begin to talk and gossip and, and become negative about this individual. Or there might be shame because we're in sin. Then we've got shame that goes along with it if we don't um, repent for that sin. So some of the symptoms of these wounded souls could be sin or shame. Or we begin to offend other people or we have been offended like I said, by others, something that they have done or said hurts us. That is a symptom of what can take place when a soul is wounded and it just festers and opens up. It causes us to become insecure and we hold back our trust. It causes us to become angry. And many times we actually take a self-righteous position about the offense and we, you know, begin to think that we're better than that other person just because they didn't respond in the same way that we wanted them to. But we know that the Bible says that we're supposed to prefer other people. So this this self-righteous attitude is not something that we want to have in our emotional um, suitcase, so to speak. Along with that, there's unforgiveness, bitterness, guilt, and revenge. Revenge is feeling justified that you want to settle a score. So somebody has, you've extended a friendship, you began to walk down the pathway of friendship, and something happened, and the person betrayed you, or um, they, they did something, they broke a confidence. Revenge is that feeling that you have inside that you want to get back at them and do the same to them. All of these things can be categorized into three different buckets, as I call them, of what happens when a soul uh, becomes wounded. So if you'll think about your body and you think about if you get a cut or you get a wound, a uh, scrape or something like that, if you don't take care of it, if you don't clean it out right away, if you don't wash it and put the right you know, medications and soap on it, if you don't cover it with the right type of bandage, then that wound on your skin and on your body can become infected. Well, the wounds in a soul can do the same thing. They become infected. And those symptoms that I was talking about, the sin, the shame, the offense, the anger, all of that that I was talking about actually can be broken down into three different types of infection. There's the inner infection. This is where we do this to ourselves. It's what's taking place on the inside of us. And we may become very self-critical. We may not think we're worth having friendships anymore or that we're not good enough for other people to be friends with, that we don't deserve to have other friends or we don't even deserve God and his love for us. I mean, that's kind of taking it to the, the 
highest level and degree of this infection, but isn't that what the enemy would love to do? He would love to get our soul so wounded that we begin to think that we do not have value in the eyes of our Father, which is such a lie. So this inner infection then, can we can begin to... Um, be discouraged about our personal appearance or our accomplishments. We might be um, ashamed of our experiences and our backgrounds, and we might begin to listen to the messages that we're not as good as other people. All, again, a lie. We might even become afraid to reach out and try new things because we begin to uh, work from a, a spirit of perfectionism, and we would avoid risks because of fear of failure. That's one of those infections that can occur in a wounded soul to ourselves. And then the one that is, I, I don't know, I just hate this one, and I guess it's because I've struggled with it over my life, and that's the people pleaser, the one that where we have to exaggerate what we do because we want to be pleasing to other people. Where we, What we need to remember is that we behave and we live for an audience of one, and that one is our Father in heaven. That one is the one who is the only one that can judge us or should be judging us. So those are some of the infections that take place internally for us. But what about relationally? This wound, if not taken care of, not only can become infected personally, but that infection can spread to our relationships. And so we become distrusting. We stay a distance from other people. We become critical and negative. And we, instead of thinking the best about people, like we're told to do in the Bible, we begin to see the worst all the time. Or we become resistive and defensive and we build these walls. So it's very difficult. Even if people wanted to be our friend, how could they get over those things? We built them so high and so thick. And then unforgiveness, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, a little bit later. So there's this internal infection, there's this relational infection, and then worst of all is the spiritual infection that a wounded soul that is left unattended can develop into. And that's where we begin to doubt our father. We begin to doubt the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We begin to doubt the promises that are in the word of God. We begin to doubt the willingness of God to help us and to bring us new friends, to take care of situations. We begin to doubt even our own forgiveness by the Father when we're holding unforgiveness toward others. And we begin ultimately to doubt the Father's love when the spiritual side of our life is being infected because of a wounded soul. So if any of this sounds familiar to you, I don't want you to be discouraged and I don't want you to be alarmed because there's good news to all of this. Remember, 
that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. And I want to share a scripture with you that I just absolutely found freeing for me. And that is in 1 Peter 1 and 6. And it says, Though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith may be tested. And though it is tested, it being faith, and though your, te- your faith is tested by fire, you may be found to the praise, the honor, and the glory in life at the revelation of Jesus Christ, receiving the end of your faith, which is the saving of your soul. So basically what that is saying is that these tests that come, these disappointments that come, these hurts that come in our lives, if we will handle them in the right way and work and cooperate with the spirit of God, God can actually take these and by his revelation, he can use them to save our soul, to develop our soul. I just love that. So how do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Well, right down seven verses later, Peter goes on and it says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Ladies, that means roll up your sleeves and get ready to work. We're going to gird up our loins. We're going to be working. Then he goes on and he says, be sober, not emotional. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It all centers around our understanding of the love that Jesus Christ expressed when he died on the cross for us. Jesus literally laid down his life for his friends. And he is a living example of the result of that being a reconciliation back to the Father. So when it says, gird up your minds and become sober, we know that we have some work to do. The first thing we have to do is to admit that there is a wound. A lot of us just, you know, in our own pride, don't want to admit that somebody's hurt our feelings or that we are hurting our own selves because we're still involved in things that we shouldn't be. So the first thing we have to do is admit that there's a wound. This is not a time to be tough because tough is just a nicer name for prideful. It's a time that we yield to humility and the humility that lies within us and we lay down our lives and we say, Father, I'm wounded, I'm hurt, I need your help. And then we need to identify where the origin of that wound comes from. It's time to get real. Okay, what is really the problem? Are you wounded because of your own sin against yourself? Are you disappointed that maybe your own fleshly nature can't overcome the temptations that are coming your way and so it's wounding your soul? Or are you wounded because other people have done or said something against you and 
you know, they, they their action caused you to be disappointed, and so you've got this wound that's festering, or we even have to be real enough with ourselves to identify is the problem I'm disappointed that God hasn't done what I wanted him to do the way I wanted him to do it in the timing I wanted him to do it and with the people I wanted him to do it with. You know, God has a plan that's greater than our plan and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we go to him and say, Lord, here's my plan, please bless it. But when he says no to that, we have to be humble enough to allow ourselves to move forward in his plan and not get stuck with a wounded soul. So once we've admitted that we have a wound, we've identified where that wound is coming from, the next thing we have to do is to forgive, okay? And forgiveness is a choice. We have to choose to obey God because God commands us to forgive, I'm going to give you some scriptures in this section here because it's so critically important. So in Luke 6, it says, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So the choice to forgive is the choice to obey the Father. Also, the choice to forgive is the choice to receive forgiveness from the Father. In Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 14, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. So we have this choice to obey the Father to forgive others. We have the choice to receive the forgiveness that God wants to give to us. And then we have a choice to be free from the control and bondage that unforgiveness ties us up in. In Matthew 18, there's a story about a servant who owes a lot of money to the king. And the king calls him before him and he says, I want my money, pay me in full. And the servant says, please have mercy on me. I will get the money to you, but I don't have it today. Well, the king is so gracious that not only does he not just extend the time in which this servant has to pay him. No, he forgives the debt in full, which is fabulous, right? So then that servant goes out and he's walking out in a state of being wiped clean. His debt is clean. And he goes to somebody that owes him money and he says, give me all the money that you owe me. And that particular man doesn't have it. And he says, please have mercy. I will give you what I can and I'll give the rest of it to you later. Just give me more time. But the original servant is unforgiving. He had all this grace extended to him, but he is unforgiving. And he holds back the forgiveness of that debt and he says no and he puts the man and his whole family in prison and he says you're going to stay there until you figure out a way to pay this debt well the bystanders were not going to have this so they went back to the king and they told the king what the first servant had done 
the king calls the first servant before him and he says, I understand that even after I forgave you this great debt, you were unwilling to forgive your neighbor, the one that owed you. And the first servant admits that that is true. The king then says, because you have done that and because of the unwillingness of your heart to forgive another, I am turning you over to the torturers. You are going to now be in bondage. And that's basically what happens when we have been forgiven so much. And when we choose not to forgive another person, we literally are tying ourselves up in our own torment. I mean, that person's name comes before us and we can't even think nice things of us. That becomes a bondage to us. And it's something that can simply be changed if we would choose to walk and move forward in forgiveness. So we admit that we have a wound. We look at where the wound came from. We choose to walk in forgiveness in all areas. And then we need to begin to reframe our thoughts and our words. Change stinking thinking. And I'm going to, just for sake of time, I'm going to refer you to podcast number seven here at everydaychristlike.com and ask you to take some time to look at how Uh, We talk about our thoughts and our words and what's going on in our heart to reframe our thinking about things. And then number five, the last thing we need to do is to walk out this newness of life. Change won't come unless we change. So here are some scriptures that uh, affirm that for us. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Love covers all sin. Love your neighbor as yourself. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit the kindness that you give to others, but give them the kindness that you also deserve. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to those that hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then finally, in James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you're a hearer only, you will deceive yourself and the soul that is harboring this wound will never receive its full healing without putting these things that I'm talking about into action. So healing wounds to reframe um, our attitudes and our soul, it's not easy because it's warfare and the enemy just doesn't want us to do it. He doesn't want us to be set free. But I am telling you that you're already free, that if you will take the word of God that he has just shared with you and you will apply these principles to your life, that God will heal your wounded soul, that he will deliver you from hiding away from friendships and from building walls to keep people out. And he will show you how to open up your heart once again to be able to trust that woman that he sends your way, that man he sends your way to be a friend. And I'm talking women with women and men with men, okay? The truth is that in Hebrews 10.30, this is who we are. We are believers. We are not of those that draw back 
to eternal misery, we are not utterly destroyed, but we are of those who believe, who cleave to, who trust in, and who rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, by faith to preserve our soul. Now that's a lot, but I love the way the Message Bible says it. The Message Bible says, we are not quitters who lose out. Oh no, we stay in and we survive, trusting all the way. So women of God, you are victorious. You are overcomers in Christ. You have the greater one living inside you, and I want you to believe it, and I want you to live it out. Now, Father, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the tools and the weapons that we can put into place to allow ourselves to be healed, to allow ourselves to be first vulnerable to you so that you can come and heal the wounded soul and to allow ourselves then to reach out to other people. Because just as much as I might need a friend, that person that you are sending my way may also need me to be their friend. I'm asking you, Father, for divine appointments. I'm asking you, Father, to give divine appointments to these women of God who are listening today. Heal the soul. Help them to walk in forgiveness. Show them the power that they have within them and just be your gracious and merciful self. Amen. So thank you for joining us with everydaychristlike.com today. There's lots more resources available because it is our desire to help you to know the word of God, to live out the word of God, and to share Christ with somebody each and every day. Amen.